Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm also a 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a degree in broadcast journalism. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. Believe it or not, cancer was my gift because it woke me up. You know how many times we don't live, we live in misery, we stay stuck, we stay stagnant? I stopped staying stagnant. I started to live because tomorrow is not promised. That's what I started to realize. And that's what woke me up to live, to live out loud, to not stand in fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. I don't live in fear anymore. Well, folks, today on the podcast, boy, I am pleased to bring on Brashawn Shaw, class of 1995 graduate from Newhouse. She got a degree in producing for electronic media, and her title is fascinating. She is a leadership coach, a motivational speaker, and a women's empowerment advocate. She overcame a terminal cancer diagnosis, which has fueled her current career path of helping people make change in their life and make meaningful, impactful changes. She's launched a social networking app and a website designed for life coaching, for self-improvement, and for personal growth. It's called You Are A Warrior. Her goals are to inspire people to never give up in their personal battles. A fellow podcaster, Brashawn hosts the Buckle Up with Brashawn podcast. You can find that on all your podcasting platforms. And she is our proud guest on the podcast. Brashawn, I am ready to be inspired. Great to have you on. Thank you so much. Great to be on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's always our pleasure. We want to bring these inspiring stories to our alumni of people who are making a difference, people who bleed orange. And and your story is is really one of those that's it's compelling. And I love finding people that have passion and you clearly have passion for what you do. How did you get involved in this field of wanting to help others really fulfill their goals? You know, I have to tell you, I do have passion and it is my love. Um, I think it's when you get diagnosed with something like stage four, breast cancer, terminal, it changes your life. And I think the diagnosis just changed my life. And it made me realize, what am I doing? What is my passion? What do I want out of life? Where am I going? And that's what woke me up. Like uh, it woke me up because I said, am I happy now? And I said to myself, no, I wasn't happy 13 years ago. What am I doing? And now I'm happy because I'm living my passion and living my purpose. It's interesting you bring up, um, you know, we all deal with adversity and, and look, Lord knows during the pandemic, we've had more than our fair share of we're waving the white flag on adversity. We want to get back to normalcy. But, you know, resiliency is a trait that we have to learn by going through adversity. And you have such a unique story. You were given a terminal diagnosis with your stage four breast cancer prognosis. Take us back to that day you were diagnosed and how hearing those words, terminal, how that inspired you to basically keep fighting. My mom actually passed away uh, 10 years before I got diagnosed. And I think I didn't know it was cancer. Um, I got diagnosed with stage one in 2007. I got diagnosed with stage 
four in 2009. And in 2009, I thought it was just back pain. I thought my back was hurting. I couldn't figure it out. My back was killing me. I'd gone to every chiropractor, everybody. I mean, shrinks, wellness clinics, all kind of stuff. I'd even taken an, uh, a standing MRI, which doesn't give a clear um, image. And I thought I had a slip disc. And then I went to another doctor. He said, let me just do a regular MRI. And literally, I remember the day when I found out that it was stage four terminal. Um, I thought I was just going to hear it's a slip disc. Let's do this. Let's do a mini surgery. I thought my fiance and my aunt, we were going to have lunch after these uh, to get the results. And the doctor told me to sit down. And no one wants to hear sit down. Um, and it changed my life because he said, you know, I really want you to sit down. And I was like, ooh, okay. And he said, you've been diagnosed with um, stage four terminal breast cancer. And to this day, because my mom died of stage four terminal breast cancer, Steve Jobs died of stage four terminal. I mean, so many people, um, it took me, it took me way back. And I said, well, what can I do doc? And he said, do you believe in miracles? And something hit me inside of me. I said, hell yeah, I believe in miracles. <laughs> hell yeah. And I'll see you 10 years later. And I'm 13 years later, cancer-free, when cancer was all over my body. And I remember going into that hallway and saying, God, if you keep me alive, God, I will motivate, I will change lives all over the world to help heal them, to help realize that no doctor, no man can give you a death sentence. You know what? You have the power to keep going, but we give up. And with the universe, the God, or whatever you believe in, keep going. And that's what I did. I said, I'm going to do everything to fight. And if I pass away, then it wasn't my time. Terminal, that word is so harsh. I mean, it means the end. It means the end is in sight, and they don't expect you to, to, to make it you know, in the long term. Did you have a moment at all where you said, why me? You know, my mom had to pass away from cancer. Now I'm, did you have a moment of kind of self-pity or was it just automatically, of damn it, Brisson, we are fighting this. <laughs> you have a moment of self-pity. Why me? Why is this me? What's wrong, God? Angry. I'm young. I'm not married. My career, what is it? But you know what? I always say cancer was my gift. Believe it or not, cancer was my gift because it woke me up. You know how many times we don't live, we live in misery, we stay stuck, we stay stagnant? I stopped staying stagnant. I started to live because tomorrow is not promised. That's what I started to realize. You sit here and say, tomorrow I'm going to start this. I'm going to move tomorrow. I'm going to start. I'm going to get that class. I'm going to go for my law degree. I'm going to get my G. Whatever you say tomorrow, do it today. It's not promised. And that's what woke me up to live, to live out loud, to not stand in fear. That's what it's fear is false evidence appearing real. I don't live in fear anymore. That, that is do. powerful. That I, I love that acronym for fear. And I, I knew I knew before we even had you on, you were gonna have this really impassioned spirit to bring to our alumni of the fighting spirit, the fighting will of not giving up. And you to admit that you've got that moment where you're like, holy cow, my world is collapsing. How am I going to respond to it? Not everybody takes that next step of I'm going to whatever it takes. I'm going to prove that to the doctors, prove to the medical community that I can win. How did you then take that will and desire into action and actually beat cancer? You know, I always call it the warrior way, right? I mean, I do this regiment and I still do this regiment all the time. I literally had to change my mindset. 
I wanted to win. And I said to myself, I'm going to win every day. I'm going to beat this cancer. I'm going to beat this cancer. Affirmations I did, change my mindset, change my diet. I, I don't eat meat. I eat uh, seafood and fish and veggies, right? Um, exercise, get into my happiness, get into attracting and manifesting all over my body. So you can manifest and attract what you want. We, we spend our lives saying, no, we can't do it. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. It's too hard. Listening to noise, stop the noise and, and look into, I can do it. Look into, it is for me. And that's what I did. I literally changed my entire life to live. How satisfying was it? Um, and how long did it take for you to get that cancer-free diagnosis um, when you were able to finally say, you know what, Brashawn, I did this. I kicked cancers. You know what? You know, my story is so interesting because my doctor, um, Dr. Emmons from my doctor told me that she wanted me to do a speech uh, um, for some survivors, for alumni, for people, for doctors. I was raw and real and telling my true story. And a lot of times I wasn't living my truth before the cancer. I was making it seem like I was happy. I was making it seem like my life was okay. And it wasn't. I was crying on the inside, but this cancer woke me up because it's just not promised. And someone yelled, you are a warrior. And literally everyone starts saying, you are a warrior. And that's when I realized, <laughs> it's like, wow, people are listening to me. It's a standing ovation. I have a line of people wanting to speak to me. And that's where I coined myself the warrior coach, right? After two years, when they gave me three months to live, they gave me three months to live. Three months. I mean, think about that. I mean, I, I still to this day, when I was in with injections, PET scan, CAT scan, oh my God, medicine, uh, just MRI, she's constantly in the hospital. I, I realized after the second year, I said, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this. I am not dying. I'm going to beat this. I am a warrior. And that's when my brand started coming, saying, I am a warrior. So I have Warrior Training International. I, I, I coach leaders all around the world, CEOs, kings. I mean, I do all kind of leadership development training, management, um, media training. I'm on TV. I have a TV show, all of this stuff. Um, but I have books. I, you, you know, it's just I turn my my adversity into my success. I turn my pain into my purpose. And not a lot of people can do that. I mean, we, we talked about earlier the fight or flight choice that people make when dealing with adversity. You have to choose to thrive. I'm taking one of your phrases here from one of your websites, but you have to choose to thrive when faced with adversity. And that's not the easiest thing in the world to embrace because adversity is difficult for a reason. It's not a cakewalk. If it were, people would always overcome adversity. It's one of those challenges we have to go through. You have to want to achieve this. And it seems to me, Bershawn, that your mentality, you've got that warrior mentality. You're strong. You want to, you know, you believe it and you achieve it. Um, who do you kind of credit as some of the inspirations, you know, besides cancer being a gift and making you wake up, where did you get this resiliency? Where did you get this? Who are some of the inspiring characters in your life that led to this path where you can overcome adversity? My dad is an overcomer. My too had prostate cancer, lung cancer, brain cancer, and he is still alive at 87. He, my dad came from a, a small town called Gilbert, Louisiana. One stoplight of 100 people living in it, but he said he wanted more. And my father grew up 
um, worked, owned a watermelon truck, owned an ice cream truck, laid bricks, but became one of the uh, most successful African-American men in construction in the DC area. So he always told me never give up and never give in. And that's what I tell you and whoever is listening, never give up and never give in. See, it's easy to give in. It's easy to give up. Oh, it's too hard. It costs too much money. I don't want to do it. I'm tired. I've, you know, I've given, given it all I got. No, you haven't. You haven't given it all you got because mindset, if you give it all you got, you will get what you want. It will come. It will come. Believe me, I am a walking and living testimony of someone who had cancer all over their body. They sent my test to seven hospitals, Johns Hopkins, MD Anderson, um, Georgetown, Cornell, every medical hospital. And they said I wasn't going to here. And I am here. I'm not just surviving. I'm thriving. I love to think about, you talk about gifts and you talk about purpose and, you know, you, you overcame cancer. You had a higher calling and a higher purpose. How much, how long did it take to connect the dots after you survived cancer that you need to then spread this message of the warrior method to other people, to people who are going through similar struggles that you were? You know, it's a good question started speaking, people started inviting me to speak. They wanted me to speak for their business. They wanted me to speak for their conferences. They wanted me to speak. And it wasn't just my cancer. It's what's the cancer in your life that's holding you back from your greatness? What is your cancer? We all have a cancer. We don't think we're good enough. You know, fear of failure. We're scared. We're afraid. So I think it when, when people, men and women all over the world started telling me their stories, started saying, you inspire me, started saying, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to give up. Men started saying, I want to, uh, I'm going to live my dreams. I'm going to not be afraid. I think it was probably year two to year three that I started to say, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. And I have a mission and I'm going to spread my joy, my knowledge and my warrior method all around the world. Because if you do affirmations every day and affirm every day, this is, this is my warrior method affirmations, affirm, I can do it. I believe in myself. I, I believe in miracles, right? Whatever you say, I, I have something positive every day. I can beat it if it's something kind of um, life altering illness, read something positive. Every morning I write in a journal. I manifest and I attract. I attract this. I think I am this. I am enough. I am big. I deserve success. I am a money man. I'm a success magnet. I love my family. I say something positive every day, write in my journal, exercise, get your body right, exercise for your body, eat well, you got to eat, right? You got to eat healthy. I took all the junk. Sometimes I do gummy bears. Come on. I do. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're only but human, right? Well, and then take action. <laughs> I mean, you got to have, you got to have a little bit of fun I do. I can't lie. Yeah. You, 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 you can't live a, a bland life. You got to have some treats exactly. out there. I mean, life is hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> No, believe me. And I have a lot of fun out there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's a regiment to it. Get what you want. <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> totally. So I, I think year two and year three, I woke up and I said, oh, I am alive. I'm living and I have a purpose and a calling. I'm going to live my purpose and calling to the day I die. When it comes to um, to bringing about change in our lives, it, it can be a daunting task. We, As much as we want to think that we're creatures who are adaptable, 
we embrace the things that we know, and it can be hard to overcome some of those flaws that we have. How important is it when trying to make a change to start where you are and not get overwhelmed by the magnitude of the change you're trying to take on? You know, that's a great question. I always tell my clients and people when I speak, take micro steps to macro steps. Take baby steps. Stop trying to do it all big. Make it happen and take a leap. Take it day by day. Put your goals in. Three-month goals, six-month goals, one year. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you take baby steps, you can make it work. And you'll feel like you've done something. So I want people to feel good about themselves and not feel like they failed. If you do one small step and another small step, you'll win all the time. And I love your affirmations uh, too, because I think a lot of times it's, it's hard to admit your vulnerabilities. It's hard to admit your shortcomings. How can you use that positive thinking to help people flip the switch when it comes to enacting change? You know, how I can help people flip the switch when, they, when they're thinking negative is whenever you're thinking negative or you can't do it, stop it. That's noise. I always call them, they're gremlins in your head. Stop it right there and say, no, 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 no. Change it to something positive. I can do it. Okay, when you start saying, oh God, oh, I won't do this. It's gonna be, no, nope. remember, stop it right there and say, stop, <laughs> positive. I can do it. I will win. But So we, we, we have this noise. You see this, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop the noise. Every time you see a trigger, stop it and change it to something positive. Read something positive, I am enough, I can do it, I can handle it, I will beat it. Change it right then and there. What, um, what are some of your other motivational tools that you love to deploy in your role as a leadership coach? You know, as a leadership coach, I like to uh, teach leaders how to lead from the heart. Um, and as a good leader, you have to listen. You know, a lot of leaders think you tell, tell them what to do. This is how they do it. But, you know, great leaders, listen, great leaders include inclusive, right? I'm all about being inclusive. I work for some of the top firms in, in the country. And what I realize is that the leaders that tell you what to do, this is how you do it and do this by Thursday. And the leaders that say, okay, what do you think? Let me tell you what it is. Um, Here's some suggestions, but you know, chime in. Those are the teams that are happiest and they do the job and they do it well. And they have the leaders back. The leaders that, um, the the teams that always feel um, like they're small, they can't speak up. They're, they're, they, they clam up. They never become who they are. And they always want to, to leave. So if you listen and you have empathy, you will win every time. When it comes to your social networking app and the website uh, called You Are a Warrior, um, give us some insights into what people can expect if they visit the app, what the app is all about, the website. How is this going to help people reach their personal goals of growth and improving their overall emotional well being? Yeah, so it's called You Are a Warrior because. I believe we're all warriors. We just don't tap into it enough, right? And so what this app is about, it's a mental health app for support. So you won't suffer in silence alone. The biggest thing that we're going through right now, the pandemic, um, the social distancing, the staying at home, COVID, is that we feel alone. We don't feel like we can talk to someone. We don't feel like we're in it together. This app is healing through human connection, the community, right? So whether you're feeling depressed, lonely, anxiety, worrying, um, doubt, uh, financial issues, uh, you know, stress. It's an app where you can express yourself, you can get help, and you can get support. So my app consists of four um, different pillars. It's motivation, 
personal development, self-improvement, and support. The support is the life coaches. We have life coaches and we have a referral system for therapy. Um, the personal development is learning about yourself through quizzes, um, self-improvement, challenge yourself, improve every day. You know, motivation, we have a place where it's like the Facebook of support where you can write and express yourself. So it's a holistic mind, body, and spirit. You are a warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R.com. Sign up because it comes and launches in March. How have you been able to embrace delivering the message when it's not in person, but it's like this, we're connecting through a computer. How do you get your message to still resonate when you're not in the same room like you used to be? Yeah, I mean, it is hard because people love me. They always like, you're the Tony Robbins, you're the female Tony Robbins, or you're so excited. I love the energy and the passion. I mean, look, we have to do Zoom. We have to do all of these Microsoft Teams, Blue Jeans. We have to do all of that. And so I still have, I still have a huge coaching um, clientele and companies, but people love Bershawn Shaw in person, <laughs> right? People <laughs> love me in person. But hey, we got to do what we got to do because these are unprecedented times. Yes. You know, you mentioned earlier um, the idea when you had to, you, you were given a public speech and you felt a little bit uncomfortable. I'm having a really hard time seeing you being uncomfortable with public speaking. How did you <laughs> overcome that? How did you become this person that you are today? Because you seem like you're comfortable in any platform talking about any topic in front of a multitude of people. How did you make that change? You know, uh, believe it or not, I, even though I was always, um, I was a people, you know, I was someone who loved people, but speaking was sort of hard for me. It wasn't easy for me, but you know what? I just did it. And, and I think this goes with my cancer. It's so interesting. We have in our head that we can't do it, that it's too hard because I was afraid that people will judge me. I wouldn't be good. They will say something. I don't connect with them. You know, you've seen a speaker on stage, I'm sure that was boring. You know, that just wasn't interesting. And you're like, okay, when is the next person coming on? And so you have that fear, but all I have to say to you is do it and do it again and do it again. And that's what my cancer. So when I started exercising and eating right and exercising and eating right and changing my mindset, you take one step and then take another step and take another step. The fear will just, you'll push through the fear. And I'm, I'm assuming that the 10th step in that was appearing on The Real Housewives of New York, your, first, your second reality TV show appearance, right? <laughs> uh, I know. Well, I can't say anything yet. <laughs> just stay following me at Vershawn Shaw. <laughs> stay following me. <laughs> You'll know soon. <laughs> I know, right. So definitely I'm on TV. So now it's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I do things with NBC, ABC as the business coach, business strategist. I mean, it's my, you know, I, I grew this brand out of my story, Warrior Training International. So I, I speak on stages. I speak with conferences. I speak with organizations. I speak with universities. I need to come back to Syracuse and speak. I do all of that. So, and I coach and I train. So it's all a, a business for me, but I love what I do. Can you take us inside just what it's like to be on reality TV and be on TV in general, you know, the, we all see the, the dramatic yeah. scenes, there's all this play up. And I, I get that it's probably not always like that, but you seem like you can hold your own in some of those scenes on TV. Oh, well, I can hold my own, you know, but reality TV is just being who you are. Like, I, you know, no matter what I don't put on, I'm not bringing a character and trying to be something out. You know, I have a big personality and my big personality shows on camera. But you know what's so interesting is that reality TV brings drama from realness, right? When you get 
five guys together or five girls together. We don't like the same food. We don't like doing the same thing. You like to do something. I like to, that's drama, right? You know, people think it's not, well, the shows I'm on, they're not fake. They're actually real, but it's like real because we are all different. We don't act the same. We don't come from the same background. We don't like the same things. So that brings drama. But reality TV, what I do, I'm like, look, it is entertainment and it's a platform, right? And it's a platform that I've been blessed to be on to help me, um, help me with my businesses, but entertain too. And I love doing them both. One thing we definitely can talk about then in the uh, definitive sense is your role in Love in the City, uh, which was on OWN back in 2014. So you do obviously have some experiences we can talk about with reality TV that have been uh, confirmed. And you mentioned it's realness and you mentioned that there can be drama that comes out of the realness. What was that experience like for you being on Love in the City? you know, it was great because it was with Oprah and Oprah wanted realness and she wanted real stories. She didn't want fake stuff where people, you know, are fighting all the time. She was like, look, it's real drama. If real drama happens, it happens, but nothing made up. And I mean, come on, who, who doesn't want to work with Oprah or for Oprah, right? I mean, that's the best thing you can ever have is to be with the queen of TV, you know, and just who she is and what she has done. It was a blessing. It was really a blessing. Can you give us any uh, any nuggets of advice that Oprah, you know, any 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 moments with Oprah where, you know, what did she say about you and your career and your story? Because I can imagine whatever Oprah tells you is probably going to go on a throw pillow somewhere as a, a memorable moment for you. I know, you know, well, it wasn't, it was just that, you know, we were four women on the rise and she said, never give up on your dreams. That's what I wanted. Like, never give up. She she handpicked us for. She loved our stories, and the what we what she always wanted us to be was real, and never give up, ever ever give up. And so that's what we did. We never ever gave up, and so that's where we you know we're all successful today. Never giving up. We're talking here with a Brashan Shaw, who is a motivational coach and a leadership coach, and somebody who is also an advocate for women's issues and women's empowerment. Um, I can see this being a natural fit for you. What was the starting point for you when it's like, you know what, I want to get involved in helping level the playing field for women? You know, it's just, I speak to women and a lot of women felt like they could never succeed. They couldn't tell their story. They couldn't be CEOs. And I would say, why, why can't you? Because we have it in our mind that we're not good enough. I mean, I did a book, Unstoppable Warrior Woman, that came out uh, in 2020. It's an Amazon. It's called Unstoppable Warrior Woman. And I wanted to showcase women in their stories. I wanted to tell their stories. I'm doing a volume two. So if you guys want to hear volume two, I mean, you please look on my Instagram or you go to the the team's email. You are a warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, the number one at Gmail. We're looking for great stories, 40 more stories. We want great stories of women who are positive of women who have been through challenges and hardships, but in the end, hope and triumph. Women have stories. We've been too afraid to share them. Now is our time. I'm teaching women to share their stories. I want to go back in time to when you were a high school student looking at colleges and you choose Syracuse University. Why the orange? Why did you choose Syracuse? Oh, come on. The orange man. I mean, you know, believe it or not, I'm a, I'm a basketball fan and a football fan. And um, I always wanted New York. I didn't want to be in New York City. I wanted to be in New York and then go to New York City. Like I had my plan already. I was like, I don't want to be in the city where I'm not studying, but I'm going to be in New York. And when I finish, I'm going to go to the city. And 
orange man, come on, you grow up looking at the sports, you love it. It's camaraderie, it's the team. I mean, look at your background, it's go orange, you know? <laughs> I bleed the cues, orange, <laughs> orange, orange, I love it. What, what are some of the biggest ways that Syracuse has influenced your career? It can be lessons in the classroom, it can be experiences with you know, professors or friends. How did Syracuse take you to where you are today? You know, believe it or not, I, I, I'm a Newhouse student and I was, I was the president of Newhouse, right? I was the president in my school and it, it was special because I remember Rick Wright is such a great teacher. He always taught me I could do anything, um, never give up. I could do anything. His passion, his energy, his, I was like, wow, I can do anything. I was the president of Newhouse. I would go and tell the issues and talk to the deans and talk to the teachers and say what we needed and things like that. And that turned me into my leadership. It, that, that was the beginning of being a leader. And um, when you go to Newhouse, I mean, you know, all the teachers, everyone uh, made an impact on me because what they all made me believe is that I can do it. And you need that, that you can do it no matter what. So that's what I, I owe Syracuse. Um, it made me step into a bigger mindset that I can do it, that I can be and be and do whatever I wanted to be and never play small. Rick Wright said, never play small, baby. You can do what you want to do. Yes. I tell you, everybody <laughs> I talk to, and I'm, I'm a Newhouse alum myself. We have a lot of Newhouse alums that come on the podcast. Rick Wright probably comes up more than almost any other Newhouse professor just because of his larger than life personality. He wanted you to be major market. He wanted you to find you know, yourself and find your voice. And it's great to hear you talking about, you know, don't be small, you know, be big and dream big. And that's really inspiring words for alumni who are listening to us here on the podcast. I know that you're proud, you love Syracuse and that shows through evidently. Yeah. If someone asks you, you know, what does it mean to be an alumna of Syracuse University? Give me your best response. What it means to be an alumni of Syracuse University is um, to be proud, uh, to feel good about yourself, to know that I got a great background and it's my foundation. Syracuse was my foundation for greatness, to play big, to never give up, to don't stop, to have dedication, um, perseverance, and uh, energy, and being alive. Like Rick, Rick Wright taught me to be alive and just do it. <laughs> Go for it. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going for it in every single way. I'm going for it in every single way. Listen, for Sean, it's been a fantastic conversation. I can't wait to see what's next for you down the pike. Hopefully we're seeing you on some reality TV coming up down the road, neither confirm nor deny, but your life coach work, your leadership abilities, your motivational speaking career, you are aiming big. You're helping people reach their dreams. And it's really been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Go check out you are a warrior. It's a social networking app and the website. Um, Bershawn, you're a treat. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Best of luck with everything. And please follow me on social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Bershawn Shaw, B-E-R-S-H-A-N-S-H-A-W. Everywhere. I'm everywhere. Uh, you'll get updates. And oh, I'm giving away for the month of February. 15 minutes of free coaching at Bershawn.com. B-E-R-S-H-A-N.com. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, John. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast.